It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Turning now to the southern border, and as I talked about in the beginning of the show, one of the many failures of the Biden administration, including ignoring the Latin American humanitarian crisis, which is now flowing north to our southern border by the tens of thousands. Ten Republican governors went to the border last week, and with the exemption of Governor Ron DeSantis, where were the rest of them? Representative Andy Biggs, great to have you back on the show, sir. Dave, good to be with you. Thanks. So, you know, a fair question. Where were those other Republican governors? You know, it's a, that's a great question. Uh, um, I'm glad that these some of these governors hadn't really been active, so I'm glad that some of them were getting down there. But where were the rest of them? Because what's happening on the border uh, is going to be happening uh, all over this country. You're going to you will begin to feel it more overtly. And right now, people may not be feeling it. But uh, I just got while I was waiting on, uh, to talk to you, I just got a, a text from one of my sources who's telling me that. Um, uh, right now, uh, you you are seeing these folks that are coming across illegally. They're being transported um, from Yuma to a place in California, uh, a transition center. And even if they have COVID or test positive for COVID, they're sending them all over the country. They give them airline tickets or bus tickets and move them out because they're simply overwhelmed. And these governors, uh, the, the the feds aren't going to get a hold of it because because the Biden administration wants this. So it's up to the states. And so we needed all of them down there. They need to get hold of this as well. Yeah. I mean, if this is going to be, and it is a primarily a partisan issue, at least in the way it's approached, then the Republicans need to stand more unified on this and wholeheartedly. As I said, the exemption being Governor DeSantis, his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. So, you know, when it comes to family, family first. Yeah, that said, there are other aspects of this that uh, I wonder about Congress's ability. If you're not in the majority, that's, you know, the obvious. But one of the big contractors in this is iAero Airways. iAero Group is a government contractor. They're the largest charter airline in the United States, and they are contracted by ICE. It's commonly referred to as ICE Air to fly illegal aliens all over the country and drop them off. So is there anything that can be done from a state level or at the federal level to challenge their contract or their activities, even though they're being funded by us and ordered by the administration to carry out this practice? Well, depending on what their contracts are, David, I mean, the states could impose um, taxes and surcharges on, on fuel, aviation fuel. Uh, refueling. That's just off the top of my head. I mean, there are some things that I'm sure that they could do. But ICE Air, most people don't even realize that there is an ICE Air. Most people don't realize that they're flying 24-7 multiple airplanes filled with people, as you say, all over the country. So the states, I I think that there's some regulatory things that they could do with regard to taxes, perhaps, depending on their contracts and what the futures contracts uh, are. are. But in Congress, if we had any kind of ac- uh, accommodation from the Democrats, we could bring – because you've got to bring in Mayorkas. Mayorkas is the guy driving this thing saying we're going to let these people out. And you'd want to bring in 
uh, and take a good look at the ICER contracts. In fact, we probably ought to take a look and see what they're doing. But, but the reality, David, is they are uh, ICE is being told to stand down. We're not deporting as many people. We're not arresting the criminally violent illegal aliens uh, because uh, ICE is being told that that's not your mission. Your mission is to be compassionate and human- uh, humane to these people who are illegally entering the country, literally um, uh, by almost 10,000 a day in this country. Where are we, as you see it, on the prioritization? Just to use an example, and this is reality, whether the Biden administration wants to admit it or not. The danger is real here. And there seems to be not even a priority on the very dangerous illegals out there. Uh, It's not just drug traffickers. It's human traffickers, sex traffickers. Uh, there are those who engage in gang activity. And while they claim the priority, or at least Mayorkas does from time to time, the numbers don't seem to match up. I've talked to friends in various gang units around the country. They often interact with ICE agents, with, with federal for that matter, especially when you talk about gangs that operate across multiple states, multiple jurisdictions. And these gang units, uh, people, the people in the gang units I talk to, say they have less and less interaction, less and less involvement. Yeah, well, that's, that's what's happening. There's a pullback there. And so, so we're, while we're dealing with the criminal violence, uh, illegal aliens coming across, we're dealing with the gang members, um, and we're catching some of them. Because uh, the odds that you're going to catch some of them are, are okay because you, the, just the sheer volume. You're not going to catch everybody by a long shot, but you're going to get some of them. And so they're going to tout that. That's what my orcas is. He's going to tout that. But what he's not touting is how many people are getting through in two, two ways. Who sit on the domestic, excuse me, on the international terrorist watch list who are coming in that we are catching. And, and the other thing is, the estimate is that there's 100,000-plus illegals entering the country. We don't know who they are, where they're going, what their background is. But they are coming through like the Tucson sector, and they're trying to avoid capture because they're the bad guys. They're the bad guys. You, all the people you hear about, they're the ones that are surrendering because they want uh, catch and release. They want to be released, and, and the, the cartels are flooding those zones. And when you have ICE that can't enforce the law because their leadership says they can't, and, you can, and then they also try to trim the, the uh, cooperation with the local jurisdictions, who many of whom would, would like to cooperate with the feds. What you're doing is you're, you are setting up this country for uh, a demographic change and uh, placing all Americans at risk. This becomes a national security threat because of the um, not, not fecklessness, not uh, incompetence, but by design – of the Biden administration. What do you think's the goal? I just want to hear your perspective on this. We talk about it a lot on air, off air, and you know, friends and families, but how do you see this as a goal and what is their goal with it? I'd say there's three there's three goals just depends on who you're talking to. One of them they one of them is to re, re uh, uh, restore a Democrat voting base that that is being eroded by their radical policies. And um, so they, they, I've talked to some who've told me that they're looking for demographic change because they think that's going to help them um, uh, gain and maintain political power. 
The second thing is a lot of these folks don't believe in borders. I mean, so that's why you've got this this crazy group called Pueblo Sin Fronteras. They they organize these migrant caravans, and they want to get people up here um, uh, basically um, to, because they don't think there should be a national sovereignty, uh, the Westphalian national sovereignty. Then, then I guess the third thing is some of these people actually believe that this is humane to uh, bring people across into this great, wonderful country. The problem, of course, is um, the the desperation, the humanitarian crisis it causes for those people coming across, the power and strength you give to criminal cartels, the, the erosion of American society. All those things go into this. Um, but that's David. Those are the those are three things that seem to jump out at me immediately. You know, the state of Texas uh, seems to be taking a more proactive approach. And we'll see how far it goes. They've had significant donations. Uh, Timothy Mellon, uh, the grandson of Andrew uh, Mellon, uh, donated $53.1 million to their efforts down there. And they'll work with private landowners, state-controlled lands, non-federal lands, to put it broadly. In Arizona, is there any appetite, Yuma sector or otherwise, within the state government to actually do what they can when the federal government isn't doing its job. There are some in the legislature that uh, uh, are pushing to, to fund. They actually had such a surplus uh, in budget here that they could have put a significant amount to that. And there were some calling for that. They just couldn't get the, the horses across, uh, uh, you know, cause you gotta, you still gotta get the votes and, and Arizona is kind of a, red purpley state right now and uh, the governor didn't push for it and uh, they couldn't get enough legislators because it's a one vote margin in both houses uh, for republicans and so they, they just couldn't get the horses necessary but i'll tell you david when you mention yuma you are right on the money it's over a thousand a day coming into yuma right now and there's a massive gap in the fence there with a levee right across the colorado river so they can walk from the Mexican side to the Yuma side. I've been to it many times and watched them. They just walk across, and then they go immediately surrender. So you're right, but the appetite is is far too faint for me. It needs to be strong, and we need to get something done in Arizona. Yeah, you know, the blunt question is how many people have to die before those who have the ability step up and do something about it, whether it's drugs whether it's fentanyl-laced, uh, you know, prescription-looking pills, all the other factors, sex trafficking, human trafficking, murder, uh, you know, those are the bigger crimes, but on a daily basis, robberies, uh, in a sense, stolen resources from American citizens. It's, it's a particular form of cowardice for anyone who doesn't stand up, Republican or otherwise, and, and rail against this and try to do something about it. You're a hundred percent correct. I mean, think think of Yuma again. It's a city, probably eighty thousand people, something like that. Um, they are diverting all of their community services away from the, the regular citizens of that community, and they step up. They're trying to do their best they can, but but they are inundated, and they have their NGOs and their charitable organizations that are diverted, as you say, right to uh, caring for the illegal aliens who come across and are, are released into their community 
Um, and and there are other border cities. All border cities are feeling that. And it's going to, like I said earlier, it's going to expand to the whole country. But you're right. It's it, the question I have is how can you turn a blind eye to this? And I think that's the same question you're asking. It is it is overt. It is apparent. And in October, the some some estimates are that you're going to have 400,000 apprehensions in in October. That's what some people are forecasting. If that if that's the case, we apprehended 458,000 in all of last year, and so we're going to get almost that much in one month. And that doesn't include the getaways. And it doesn't tell us the, the damage to our communities um, uh, that's being caused by this inundation, because not all these people are, um, um, you know, just here as economic refugees. A lot of them are coming. They don't they don't understand our culture or anything else. The economic damage, the economic cost does not end with the election cycle. It continues for a lifetime for perspective I hope you can get that across to Kevin McCarthy and a lot of the others in Washington, D.C. This crisis continues for the lifetime of the person living off the resources of this country, and it does little or nothing at all to deal with the issues in these other nations because people are just going to simply leave. Representative Andy Biggs, thank you. Thanks, David. The border crisis, it's deliberate. There's no other way to put it. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.